your top stories on Blitz this hour. Football reacts to the Euros being moved. Roland Garros to be played later in the year. Golf's second major has been put on hold. The Diamond League to rethink its schedule. And the Olympic torch relay heads to Japan. The opening three track and field meetings on the elite IWF Diamond League circuit have been postponed in response to the growing global crisis around the coronavirus. The meetings affected are Doha on the 17th of April, Shanghai on the 16th of May, and another Chinese venue that was yet to be named, originally scheduled for the 9th of May. Organizers added that the current plan was to stage the Shanghai event on the 13th of August. New dates for Doha and the second meeting in China remain to be announced, with a possibility being that they could be held after the Diamond League final in Zurich, which is scheduled to take place in September. Uh, Passion of the Christ. It had to be Denzel Washington. Did you sing? <laughs> you can have the spot if you want it. <laughs> I don't know. I, it depends on my mood. It depends on my mood. Right now is power. I can't turn down a good hamburger. Right now, I mean, my second home right now is, is Cape Town. The birth of my son. Um, if it had to be sport, sports related, it would be winning the Olympic gold medal. It had to be Obama, Nelson Mandela, uh, making this hard. Um, and the rest are going to be comedians. We got to bring some laughter into the into the scene. So just a handful of comedians. We're going to sprinkle them in there. Little Dave Chappelle, little Kevin Hart. <laughs> My parents. Born to be elite. <laughs> Tokyo Olympic organizers are pushing ahead with the Japanese leg of the torch relay despite the threat of the spreading coronavirus. The Olympic flame will arrive in Japan on Friday from Greece and will be carried throughout the country for four months until the planned opening of the Tokyo Olympics on the 24th of July at the National Stadium. Organizing committee CEO Toshiro Muto said that crowds will be allowed to gather on the roadside to watch the relay, but asked for restraint and warned the relay could be stopped or delayed in case of overcrowding. To become a Formula 1 driver, you need to start in cars. Which is, I think, the best way to start and to learn the, the basics. You need to just work hard for it. Of course, you need the talent. I think it's just a lot of practice and dedication. Then you progress from carts to cars. And obviously, getting the right people behind you to help. And, and then you go uh, single-seater. You go to basically Formula 4, Formula 3, Formula 2, and then you get to Formula 1. But sometimes also a bit of luck is needed because there are a lot of good drivers in the world. Never give up and, and keep pushing and, and you'll make it. There's a good wave of drivers that make it through 
and um, there's generally one that rises to the top. It's a good question. How fast do they go? F1 car goes about 350 kilometer per hour. Some go faster than others, that's for sure. <laughs> Up to around 370 kilometers per hour. In miles an hour, that's probably 230 or something. Definitely quicker than your average road car. An F1 driver wears his fireproof socks, a suit, pants and top, racing boots, earplugs, balaclava. I think I've got everything. And uh, most importantly, a helmet. I don't know, I just throw the car into it and, and you know, deal with it when I get there. We are just trying to do the tightest corner. It's about rotating the car without scrubbing too much speed. So that's why we are actually using as much track as possible. It's about hitting the right trajectory. In the entry and in the exit of the, of the corner. Steering as little as possible. And trying to uh, reach and hit the apex uh, every time at the middle of the corner. There's literally thousands of things that, that go on through the experience. The undercut is when you pit before the car in front, have a lap of fresher tires. And use that extra performance on the new tires to gain the la some lap time on, on your opponent. By taking this move to pit before Lewis Hamilton, Vettel could regain the upper hand. And pass him while he is still doing that extra lap on older tires. So that when he pits, he will come out behind you. Will he go past Hamilton or not? Sebastian Vettel around the outside. Sebastian Vettel gets past Lewis Hamilton. That is the undercut. Slipstreaming or slipstream uh, in general is when there's a car in front of you, you are right behind. The closer you get, the less and less wind you are breaking because you've got the draft from the car in front. And then in the last second, you pull out, trying to use the advantage and speed to overtake. You just feel like you have much less air resistance as the car in front of you creates a bit of a hole in the air. Your car has to wrestle through the air less, therefore you gain speed. And you're actually faster than a, than a car in front. Sometimes 10, 15 or even 20 kph faster. How many years does an F1 car have? Eight years. A Formula 1 car has eight years. DRS is short for drag reduction system to make the car go quicker on the straight line. Kvyat will have DRS and he sails past in the Toro Rosso Honda. So it's basically a movable rear wing. In the race conditions, once we get within one second to a car ahead, uh, in the different kind of zones, we are allowed to use the DRS. We can activate it um, in the straight. We have a button on the steering. Um, to, to open it um, and then that's also what we use in the race when we're within a second of the car in front of us. And it helps to just go quicker uh, in the straights, not by the engine but just by a little wing in the rear end of the car that is just reducing drag to go quicker in the straight. Hamilton chases down the main straights, pulls out to the right hand side and makes his way round and into the lead. And the system is controlled automatically, so we can't cheat and use it whenever we want. Uh, we really need to be within one second of the car ahead to use it. And if one car has only two pedals, throttle and brake, with the clutch paddle on the steering wheel. Dirty air is the air that is behind a car you're following, and all the vortices bounce off the car in front. You're losing the downforce because the air is disturbed. 
there are these things, there's this air spiraling around. Which means you're losing performance as well. And the car shakes, that's what dirty air is. And clean air is when nobody's in front and you're in clean air. That's it. Roger Mayweather, the uncle and a trainer of Floyd Mayweather Jr. has died at the age of 58. Before becoming a trainer, Roger was a world champion in his own right, holding titles at featherweight and welterweight in the 1980s. His 72-fight career spanned 17 years. He began working with Floyd in the 1990s. His nephew went on to be unbeaten in 50 fights and earned a reputation as one of the best pound-for-pound -pound fighters of all time. And then there were eight. Following the enthralling pool stage of the Rugby World Cup, the tournament moved on to the business end, the playoffs. The first quarter-final saw Eddie Jones's England face his former team, Australia. While the Wallabies were competitive in the first half, England completely blew them away after the restart as they romped to a crashing 40-16 victory. The second quarter-final was even more one-sided as the All Blacks destroyed a poor island outfit 46-14, with the New Zealanders scoring a total of seven tries. France and Wales faced off for a place in the final four, and while the French looked well on course to advance, a moment of madness from Loch Sebastian Varmahina put paid to their plans. Wales made the most of their one-man advantage, scoring at the death to edge a thriller by one point. All eyes were on Tokyo Stadium for the final quarter-final as the hopes of a nation rested on the brave blossoms when they took on the Springboks. Japan were determined to repeat the upset they caused four years earlier over the same opponents in Brighton, and they looked capable of doing so with an excellent first-half performance which saw them attack from all corners. However, the box slowly started to assert their dominance with their forwards particularly impressive. The box powering their way to a comprehensive 26-3 victory to break the hearts of the wonderful Japanese players and supporters. England promised not to lie down ahead of their semi-final against the All Blacks and they made their intentions clear before kickoff with a unique response to the hacker. England soon backed up their words with actions. New Zealand's line under siege and broken. George Ford adds a third and England have a famous victory just their eighth over New Zealand the first in a rugby world cup England completely dominated the clash to win 19-7 and booked their place in a world cup final for a fourth time the second semi-final was a far tighter affair as the Springboks took on Wales the match proved to be a physical arm wrestle with the box finally breaching the Welsh defence midway through the second half Wales responded with a try of their own, and Lee Halfpenny's excellent conversion saw the teams go level with 14 minutes remaining. Sia Colisi's men were then handed a penalty at the death to leave Andre Pollard with a difficult attempt. The fly half made no mistake, as the South Africans secured a hard-fought 1916 victory to advance to their third Rugby World Cup final. South Africa punched their ticket. The All Blacks bounced back from their surprise defeat to England by thrashing Wales 40-17 in the third-place playoff, a match which saw the likes of Ben Smith, Kieran Reid and coach Steve Hansen call time on their All Black careers. 
and two remained. In a repeat of the 2007 Rugby World Cup final, two-time winners South Africa took on 2003 champions England in Yokohama. England got off to the worst possible start as tight head prop Carl Sinclair was knocked out cold in the opening exchanges and replaced by Dan Cole. The injury was disastrous for England as the Springbok scrum obliterated the English pack and the resultant penalty saw the box go into half-time with the commanding 12-6 lead. They stretched their advantage to 18-12 before Makazola Mapimpi made history. Beautiful hands from Marks Mapimpi! The Springboks were far from finished. Farrell again. And that ball has been dislodged in contact to Toy. And Colby up against the tight forward at first. And Farrell just slammed. Colby, that is it, South Africa. That is it. Surely now. Surely now. Surely now. The Springboks dominant from start to finish as they secured a magnificent 32-12 victory. There it is! The gong has sounded! Pollard kicks it into the stands. And there is indeed a cup of gold at the end of the South African rainbow. Sia Colisi did the rest as South Africa celebrated a third Rugby World Cup triumph. Here it is, South Africa! Champions brings you Grandstand, new series running Monday to Friday every week. The focus of episode two will be football.